This is the end, Zach Samar. This is the end. This is the end of the world as we know it. Oh, man. Okay, so Averick. Averick, Averick, Averick. What are we here for today? Another banger. banger Another banger. Welcome, everybody. Uh, This is Cinema Span. Uh, I am your host, Louis Hilligus IV. With me today, I have Averick Faith. Uh, What's up? Returning guest, uh, musician, comedian, <laughs> actor, all, all around little uh, art, artiste. Uh, I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, man. A, a connoisseur of the arts. Of course. <clears throat> Aren't we all? A yeah. little bit. You know, we oh, dabble. Everyone dabbles. Everyone dibbles and dabbles. Exactly. And, and you know, so this double was completely out of left field Yeah, for me. Uh, what I really loved about this was that you were at like a Goodwill or a DVD store <laughs> or something. And I, 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 I could tell you, you could tell that part of the story, but basically you came to me with a DVD and said, read it and weep. It has Oh seven on the back. So now you have to cover <laughs> yeah, this. Exactly. Um, you're like, I'm forcing you to watch this. Uh, the only thing we, we know about this film is that uh, it was directed by the, the director of the Blair Witch Project. Right. Um, and so I took it upon myself to pick a movie that you hadn't heard about either. Um, and we basically, it, it, my movie was uh, Mr. Brooks uh, starring Kevin Costner here, which we'll, we will get into. But um, And the, it, the movie you're talking about is Believers. Right. Which we'll show you yeah. the covers too. Um, exactly. Yeah, anyways, but so we're uh, <laughs> so yeah, we, we kind of double featured these and uh, which is great. Like we kind of like went toe to toe with movies, right. almost. You know. But I think we were both pleasantly surprised by both of these picks. Yeah, uh, for it, sure. It, in some great ways, because these are what's what's so great is these are like DVD bargain kind of movies. <laughs> like yeah. they they definitely fell out of. Um, out of out of fashion. I don't think anyone's ever really talking about these. Yeah, for sure. You could be finding these movies in your Walmart bins for six to eight dollars on discount. You know, oh, six to eight dollars is generous, man. <laughs> I'm this is like the one to two dollar range. I would imagine. I like, think like the Believers DVD. I love so much because it, it has the unrated tag on right. the on the front of it, which is something they would just do to boost sales. Like they were like they. <clears throat> There's no unrated material in this film. Like, <laughs> no, there's nothing that no, would require this to skirt the theatrical system and right. then be put into the DVD form, you know, so that kids could never see it and someone would have to flash an ID. But it's, there, there's, there's no, it, it's all branding. I mean, yeah. uh, American Pie was doing this back then, you know, like, That's right. a, every horror and every comedy was jumping in on the trend. It's funny, too, because I was mostly interested after the film <clears throat> doing all these DVD features. So so curious to see, like, their interesting cuts, you know, especially it being unrated to see something. And the one thing we clicked on happened to be, like, <laughs> the most interesting thing about, like, the whole entire story. But it was, like, a side cut, but it wasn't, like, yeah. scary or uh, unrated. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, well, like, exactly. The, the movie itself was, like, not... Sp- super interesting i mean there was it's fun to get into but it felt like the the best piece of art was was the behind the scenes like uh found footage type stuff that they were making so interesting for the extras which is yeah you're you're just kind of like oh yeah they had a better concept on paper right it's just about the execution right so which one should we talk about here first I i think uh well, I mean, we are kind of riffing on believers. We could we could push it, but I, I mean, it's fresh on the mind. That's probably why it probably is. I mean, I, I say let's let's do Brooks. Let's okay. let's let's that's the way we uh we we planned it, I guess. And you approached me with this movie as a surprise when I got here. Yes, and um, 
Uh, we just went straight in. Yeah. And, and so I uh, I was kind of just browsing like the lowest average rating for for 07 movies in, oh, on really? Letterboxd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to kind of be like, okay, I want to definitely go for something he hasn't heard of. I almost picked like uh like a fun monster movie because i know we're like godzilla fans um, sure. you know i was like oh it might be fun to do like a not not godzilla but a different monster yeah, attacking a city uh because there's a few of those but I, I wanted to pick something because you did bring that i wanted to bring something that felt horror adjacent but right. wasn't fully there thriller-esque well, so thriller mr brooks is such an interesting uh piece of 07 like like just uh culture because it so half of this movie is inspired by dexter right which is basically what was a huge popular tv show during the the thousands Mm -hmm. about a serial killer played by michael c hall yes but uh he was also a police detective so kind of the whole thing was that he knew how to hide the evidence, you know, because he knew what the cops would be looking for. Mm-hmm. And then if, you know, he did leave some evidence behind, he'd be close enough to everything that he could kind of like readjust it right. and keep playing the long con, which worked really well for like a TV formula. For sure. And story. Cause fresh yeah. too. Well, and it, Cause you can just, Oh, it's like introduce a new character and be like, Oh, are they going to get close to the, the truth? And then, Oh no, he kills them. And, right. and, it, and it goes off. Um, and there was also this family element to Dexter. His sister was in the police squad. And then uh, his dad was also a serial killer, and he kind of like has the vision of his dad in the later seasons mm. coming and talking to him and, and like influencing like what he's doing and kind of driving his neuroticies a bit. Interesting. And all of that is like it, it feels like somebody saw that and was like, "Great, we're just going to make a movie <laughs> version of that." Just kind of scrunch it together. <laughs> yeah, but they plan this to be a trilogy of films. Apparently, <clears throat> that's right. It, it, it's that's only right. the first one. Mm. And I think that's probably where some of the problems come is that like they didn't go far enough on any of the ideas, but, but like this movie is insane because Kevin Costner is playing a, a serial killer. Right. Right. And, and uh, he's the thumbprint killer and he's uh, like the, the company he runs is a box is like a cardboard box company. Yeah, which is like kind of trickled or in. something. Like yeah. it's just like they, they just mention it, but like, it's a weird, um, very weird profession. He's also connected somehow in like a city of commerce or something to that effect. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He, I mean, he's yeah. like a city man because well, he gets he gets like a city of commerce award at the beginning. Right. But <clears throat> they kind of tie in the family element of this all because his daughter is like revealed to be a, a, a killer too, like right. a, a later on, which we'll, we'll get to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then also like, yeah, the, the, the threads of like other people blackmailing him and trying to like get close to the serial killer. You, you could see where they're trying to, to mm. replicate Dexter in this, but it's, I, it, d- I haven't seen Dexter. Well, so yeah, you for know, sure. but so I, I get what you're saying too, um, which they probably pulled a lot of inspiration and during this early two thousands era, anything crime or murder was just getting eaten up. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Just, CSI, like, you know, yeah. All of those shows just popping off like law and order. Like, yeah. All, and they're all, all the procedurals, multiple episode then, shows. Yeah. Just people I mean, but the serial watch. killer shows are still huge. There's the Dahmer Absolutely, show that yeah. came out like a year or two ago. And that it's was never like really left a huge hit for Netflix. Um, so, but you Mr. Know. Brooks to me too, you know, <laughs> was a really big surprise. Mr. Brooks. Mr. Brooks. But Mr. Brooks is also um, a movie that surprised me as a, a from coming from like, I see the comedy in a lot of like funny stuff like this. It's early 2000s. That's like 
not supposed to be funny. Yeah. And then what strikes me about these earlier movies is the score. And as soon as you put that on, I was I was on full go. Yeah. I yeah. was like, all right, this score is awesome. The charm about the, like, certain movies just have charm. And then this movie, when it, when it started, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what was the what was the quote? Well, the, the, that, the opening, opening quote, yeah, the opening yeah, quote yeah. howled me. Like I, I literally had to pause the movie <laughs> so that I could like double over. And I feel like both of these movies had had a moment like that at the very beginning. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, this is what we're in for. And I was like, oh yes, like because that you know very f- f- you go into movies kind of knowing what to expect a lot of the times, yeah. especially if you've seen a trailer. So th- there's a certain joy to a blind watch. And, and and knowing like oh this is gonna be bad like, <laughs> yeah. like right from the start yes um yeah it's it, so like there's just a, a generic white font on a black screen it Spades says in. the hunger has returned to Mister Brooks's brain it never really left <laughs> and, and never really left. yeah and then it start and <laughs> and then it cut to him winning the uh, the city of commerce award yep but it's yeah i mean they established mr brooks as a serial killer pretty fast so he's like go driving home with his wife and then uh basically the way they manifest his killer tendencies is through another character so kevin costner is hardly really playing the killer at all. And he's like, just trying to be the nice guy, which does kind of play into him as a person. Um, And then, yeah, we've basically got William Hurt as this other person in the back seat. Just just being like, Marshall, let me kill. We gotta (laughs) gotta kill. Yeah. And Marshall is like, probably my favorite dynamic in this movie. Because no one's fun. He's no, fun. No one can hear him, of course, except right. for Kevin Costner. And, and he's always quipping back. Like Kevin Costner's always like talking back to him. But it's like he's trying to channel the Marshall energy, you right. know, because he's like, I am Marshall too. Yeah. And there's times when he like Kevin Costner's in killer mode and he is trying to drop into like being mean and scary. And it just doesn't work. But Marshall's like just fucking living it up. Like yep. like like cackling. He's like the Joker, like cackling along, like, like fuck yeah, I made you do this. Like, yeah. He's like, if you guys have seen the Venom movies, with Venom inside of <laughs> uh, James Hardy's head, it's like when uh, Willie Nelson gets carnage. It's kind yeah, yeah. of like that, but more like <laughs> maniacal and like trolly because like something bad will happen to Kevin Costner. Like they're almost getting caught. And then, like, it just pans over to Marshall, and Marshall's just cracking up yep. laughing. <laughs> or there are times, though, where, like, Marshall gets a little scared, where he's like, no, 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 we don't want to go to jail. I, I won't do well in jail. Yeah. And he, <laughs> like, you do get to see Marshall squirm. Yep. And, but, and, like, there's a lot of fourth wall breaking in, like, subtle ways with Marshall, too. It's like, you know, obviously, if you go, well, I'm coming with you, you know, right. stuff like that. But it's so, I I love he just sits in the back seat like yep, just so right him. so still the entire like like for most of the movie like he's not just like he's literally just hanging out yep just trolling like the the energy level is so low of him being like a threat there you know yep. <laughs> like hundred percent and what's interesting that I I don't think I even told you is <clears throat> as the movie progresses and the main character delves more into his um. 
psychosis or, or whatever his into tendencies. No, his temptations yeah. and oh, his yeah. intrusive well, thoughts. Because that's how they, they, they paint his like addiction. Is like right. He's he's being tempted to kill again. Like, and I don't want to do in. it. And it's almost a sexual thing for him to. Yeah, because Marshall's like, come on, please. Right. We can just take a look at the dancers. Well, yeah, and so the dancers is the first couple he like goes after. Which yeah, he he's begging to. They're driving home. You know, he makes up an excuse. He puts his wife to bed. And yeah, like, no, no. I'm just you, gonna go do some work in the studio, his wife's honey. Like, we should go get some ice cream. <laughs> oh wait, that's right. <laughs> and his wife's like, yeah, yeah. Dessert was bad there, dude. His wife is like. I either well, so, the dumbest woman in the world or the sweetest woman. She's in, the in world. like two scenes of the movie too. It's <laughs> yeah. just like just sleeping. Yeah. He's like, I was just working on a new uh, yellow glaze that I was trying to get right. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You do have issues with those glazes. Mm -hmm. Uh, How about you just, you know, come make love to me. But yeah, so he he goes and follows the dancing uh, couple home. um, And he's spying on them. They're they're, they're having sex. And Mm -hmm. he basically interrupts them he there's a suit up sequence for him first oh, where, where like we reveal he has like a wardrobe of his like serial killer outfit yep. outfits and it's like just identical copies of like everything but like you know they're, they're meticulously spread out yep he somehow has like a layer yeah like, it's like, like a, it's like a cave, mini layer like, of like just no, yeah and it like and looks stuff. gorgeous like like they spent money on it <laughs> it's it's like dumb um but it, yeah it's got like a giant furnace in the middle for him to like burn shit with but anyways, oh, right. he shows up to the, the couple's house. And the whole thing about Mr. Brooks is that he is a perfect serial killer. He's got a gun around or he's got a bag, a plastic bag wrapped around the gun so that when he shoots the couple, I guess a D cases the bullet so that he can yeah, catch retrieve it, it later. <laughs> like it, it's all this like bullshit. Right. But anyways, he, he walks in, he and and yeah, he shoots both of the uh the, the, the couple in the head, right? Like one shot clean. Mm-hmm. And he realizes that he left the window open. Uh and Marshall kind of like chastises him for it. And then he closes the the, the blinds. Um and yeah, I mean that that's kind of the bow on that scene. But they have a little parlay too. It's like, well, what if I wanted to get caught? You right. Know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I am being sli- uh, slippery. And maybe someone did see them when the window was open. Hmm. I know it's it's very like oh man I hope this doesn't lead to anything <laughs> yeah I hope no one saw us yeah and then very quickly we get to I mean it's just every layer of this gets better in yeah. my opinion when you add the the, the storylines because it, it's like you know uh, Demi Moore right is playing the homicide detective mm-hmm. who is going after the thumbprint killer right. She is worth, we find out this, okay, first of all, Demi Moore is fucking gorgeous, you know, and it, 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 nothing against her, it, it's a movie, I get why you, you do these things, but it, it's like, you've never seen a homicide detective look like this, right? <laughs> um, and she is worth $60 million, we find out, Oh yeah. and she's only doing this for like the love of policing or something, like it's, the, her whole character does not make any sense. But she's going through like a rom-com style divorce in the middle of this movie. Oh, like right. literally having scenes where she's just like, I plot. wish you would die. And then like the, the yeah, the lawyer's like, oh, that's it. You know, what? you just threatened my client. Just just yeah. like the, the, the her hackiest husband shit you've seen. And yeah. stuff. It's like, it's He's, all kind of like, no, we want to see more Marshall and, <laughs> and more Kevin Costner. Well, it's just, it's just, it's such an odd character that they cooked up here. Yeah. Like I, I which is interesting though. She's, she's also 
infatuated with the thumbprint thumbprint killer. Well, right. I think she, she got she knows, personally tied up in his right. his case early on, something like that. Right? That's how we find out about all the intricacies of his murders. Like with the dancers, he rearranged the body, and it's usually romantic, but in this way, it was like lustful. Right. So, so she's really He's playing into with it. her for sure. Yeah. Because he has a. I mean, he he later ends up killing the, her ex husband. Right. Um. Just to kind of like implicate her into the you know it, it make 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 everyone think she might be a suspect now right like right he's 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 totally fucking with her but like you you expect like this cat and mouse game is what they expected to have three films of material on, yeah right like, they're, they're trying to like probably like, lay put like away. A, a small path for like a reconnect later on but it's just such a weird like I don't know. I'm like, why is this like the the person who needs to take him down? Like, yeah, really bloated character. It's uh, yeah, but um. So, anyways, so so <laughs> so yeah, she she's on the scene, you know, observing things in 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 the room, and I think she, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure she. It, it's not the first time she's at the scene, but the second time she comes back to the scene mm. of the crime, she's looking at the curtains, oh, and she right. literally stares at the closed curtains, and she's like, hmm. So these these curtains are closed. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, does that mean they were opened before? And then she opens the curtains and then she's like, I've got a hunch. Someone must have seen this Yeah, uh, in the building across from here, which again is just like, why is everyone assuming this window is like a magical property? Like, you know, that, that like, you know, it's just drawing every eye towards it. And uh, even later it's, she like somehow find, finds out that's like, yeah, well, you know, they're always sleeping, they're, they're always having sex with the window open. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, she, but, that's, but, that makes sense. She's interviewing people around. Right, the, but that's the, after the, the fact, yeah. you know, she's been on a small no. hunch. She, she, well, it's, there's no reason why she would <laughs> think that. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Um, because it, it, there's no exhibitionism that's like really right. being shown off. It's right in the beginning. But uh, anyways, it, it, so the thing that is even better than any of this <laughs> is who saw the killing yeah. from the, the, the building across the hall. It, it was, it's, it's this peeping Tom type of character who was right. uh, photographing them played by Dane cook. Now Dane cook shows up to Kevin Costner's office, his work, his work. And basically has, yeah, the, the black male photographs in his hand and is like, hey, I saw the killing happen. Yep. And and he's like, but I'm not turning you in. He's like, <laughs> he says, he says, I felt the greatest thrill of my life or the greatest rush in my life when you killed that couple. Will you teach me how to kill? Like, will you take me on to the next killing? Which is like the biggest logical jump you can ask an audience to make <laughs> like to get on board with this film. With some random it's, guy. And yeah, just... And and on and it's played by Dane Cook. Yeah. <laughs> He's you know, and he is trying his hardest to act in this role. You know, like yeah. he is like he's bringing he is bringing what he think is he thinks this is a, a game essentially for sure. You know? And I think during um, this time he also did a like a love movie, like a love romance movie called um, uh, Bad Luck Chuck or Good Luck Chuck. That sounds about right. Um, I know Alba. he was in Waiting. Around this time, and he uh -huh. was in, in this year. He was in uh, Dan in Real Life. Good luck, Chuck. Might be pulling up a year for you. Might be oh seven, dude. Let's go, dude. That's oh seven too. That's wild. 
Yeah. Good that, luck, Chuck. Maybe we got a Dane Cook uh, double in the future. Never, <laughs> he was capitalizing because he was a respective comedian during oh, yeah. this time. Well, Employee of the Month was the, the year before this. Oh, like, yeah. He, I saw that one. Yeah. He was a... Uh, a side character. In he that. was everywhere. He was hot fire for a minute, and then he uh, fell off pretty fast. But in this movie, he was not comedic at all. His character was, like, obsessed with this oh, he's thing. A, and he is a tryhard. It's, like, it's right. like pretty... He, he was like an incel before there was like an incel, you know, just yeah. like frustrated with, with society and just like pissed off at like anyone, you know, like in everyone. But also just so his plot line is so bad because he just yeah. keeps pestering Kevin Costner to kill. And like yeah. he every time Kevin Costner dresses up to kill, he's like, all right, well, we're not going to do it tonight, but but we will do it tomorrow <laughs> mm, or maybe the next day. <laughs> and, and like and, and, and he's just like, OK. Okay, you're you're not pulling my leg, right, man? Hey, we're, we're gonna see it. Like we're gonna do it. And like, there's a moment where there's like a road rage, like guy in a truck, and then it's like, you want to kill that guy? He's like, yeah, let's kill that fucking asshole. It's like, what if it's a woman? <laughs> what if you kill a woman? Would yeah. you kill a woman? It's very interesting, just it, like that thing. But Kevin Costner as a murderer kind of works. I I mean I I think as a serial killer, it's, it's okay, but it's not enough. Like. The material isn't doing him any favors here. Yeah. Um, Without Marshall, this this movie would collapse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I mean, yeah, we like his daughter, right, played by Danielle Panabaker, mm. um, who, like, everyone might know from Sky High. Oh, she, sure. She was, like, the, the, the plant-based power girl, you know, oh, okay. like, the kind of love interest in that. Interesting, yes. Um, she's, like, the... Uh, and she's in The Flash, too. She's, like, oh, cool. uh, one, of the, one of the main characters, main ensemble cast, you know. Nice. People. Um, and she plays a villain, too, because they do multiverse stuff. But she is interesting. She's uh, <laughs> pretty bad in this. Very she's bad. definitely given, like, a CW-level performance, you know? Yes. And I, also, she's supposed to be, like, you know in college or whatever, but like her relationship with her dad doesn't really seem like she's like an adult. Well, she, the first scene we see her, she comes home and like, she is flirting, like full on flirting with her dad. Right. (laughs) Like she, she, I, I wrote down the sequence of events. So, she first kisses him on the lips. Yes. And then she's... Not, not a slow peck like this. No, no, no. Like a kiss. Like a... Yeah, exactly. And then she's hanging around his neck. Like she's at, yeah. she's probably like at least 20 at this point in, in the story. Right. If not older in real yes. life. Then later she sits on his lap. Um, and then she puts his glasses on. Yeah. She you know, like, it's like it's like four <laughs> things where you're like, you're just like, Jesus, man. <laughs> like you're laying it on thick. And... It probably works with her being a sociopath, maybe. If you want to go into this, like, yeah, like realm. the mental space, you and know, and it. I have no idea where they wanted to take this plot line at all because right. father and, and and daughter killer was probably in the cards for the future. Yeah, um, but but she that, she, that yeah. scene put me off. I was like, I was like, wait, what's going on here? Yeah, she just reveals like at the beginning, she's like, oh, I I don't have my car, my friend's driving it up, like all this stuff. But basically, she's left behind a bunch of evidence that she did a bunch did did a killing on right. on, co- on college grounds, and you know, uh, like Mr. Brooks realizes that she's lying to him because he knows the playbook, right? Actually, was, but he's Marshall. unable, Marshall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but he's unable. You know, to to actually like get her to say anything. So, yeah. you know, as as far as like this movie's concerned, uh, he he covers for her by like doing a copycat killing yes. um, while she's in town, That's uh, right. so that 
you know, it's it looks like there's another serial killer on on loose um, instead and of just this being an isolated <laughs> killing. It was like a serial killer that just got out of jail, if yeah. I remember correctly. But but th- but that's the thing is that it's you know th- that's about all we get out of her character. Like, right. and that's maybe enough for a trilogy if if like we were going to get into more. But it's like it, it, it's really kind of questionable why she's even here in the first place. You know, yeah. Um, and and like why this movie needs to delve into what it does. Right. But, but that's, that's my bigger point about this film is like, I, and maybe even the other one too, plot is so hard to write. Like plot is actually one of the, the toughest things to, to do well, like to, to push your characters into interesting positions where they're making choices. Cause like this film just kind of props up. Mr. Brooks is like the cool, badass killer for all of it. Like he's the perfect serial killer. He makes no mistakes. You know, like, Dane Cook is never really a threat, even though, like, he is, like, you know, threatening, like, I've got your photos in a safety deposit box. Like, I could turn you in, you know, if you're not doing what I say. It, right. it always feels like Mr. Brooks is in control of the situation. It's true. And again, like, yeah, his daughter brings the cops to his door, you know, and he's like, oh, okay, well, that's easy. I just need to kill someone else. And, like, since I'm a perfect killer, I, I can get away with this really easily. I'll just pull out my passports. And, like, it, there's just not a lot of conflict for him in, in this film. Uh, and even Marshall is not that much of a conflicting character. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of sits back and grumbles when 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 uh, Mr. Brooks is like, now's not the time to kill. Right. Because it, goes, but, well. but if this was one film, if they could only get it done in one film, Marshall would have to, you know, there would have to be that fight between the two of them. Like right. The, the break, the breakdown, enough. and one of these guys would have to win. But they're they're playing this movie like a TV show. Yeah. And and like that is really, I think, the problem here. It's why this thing never really took off. I agree. Which it's funny because you're mentioning it like that. There is a chance that it could have, which it might. Might have, right. you know, it might right. have been like, oh, well, I remember that movie. I really liked it, but not many. I mean, we had one person. I was like, oh, yeah, I think I remember that, you know. Yeah, the guy at the video store where I rented it. Um, yeah, down, I, I was stopped by Cinephile. Uh, yeah, he uh, <laughs> he had kind of, kind of heard of it. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's about it. I think if you were alive around this time, maybe you saw an ad because. I'm sure something with Dane Cook in it was getting advertised. Yeah, it's true. And like in the way it has has some headliners, you know, as far as the whole entire uh, actors themselves too. So they had yeah. had backing, but <clears throat> it's interesting that they they probably never followed through with making the the trilogy. No, obviously. no. I, I mean, I I didn't look at the box office for this, but it came out the same weekend as like Knocked Up. I think. Oh yeah. Um. So that that was just a death sentence. Um. Put your votes on which one do you like better, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Brooks or Knocked Up? We have covered both. Yeah, you guys have. And it's interesting how we're leaning more into the horror, uh, <clears throat> the horror season. You know, yeah. Of going into October here, I think these are like some great movies that come across as thrilling. And interesting, but like you said, both su- surprised us. What was the most surprising thing with you, Mr. Brooks? Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, I'm pregnant. I forgot. Uh, his daughter says that she's <laughs> pregnant when she comes home. Uh, that's pretty good. That 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 is right. There's just a million plot points in this thing, you know. Yeah. Um, she who says you look like that ET guy? That was a funny line. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, there's just a million weird things on my paper here. Um, I think it was, yeah. who said that? That's oh, you know what I loved was like during the Demi Moore rom-com kind of side plot, right. they were like, 
if you don't deal with this marriage, like we're going to have to shut down all your cases because oh, then, yeah, then you know, so like involved. your character is going to be up in question, which is kind of a thing, but um, like it, it's got some plausibility, but it's, it's, she's just like, I can't not, not with the thumbprint killing case and everything else. Right. Uh, and, and it's just like, I, I was just joking to you. Like they were, they were following up on that, like in another scene. Where, where I was like, I, I just said it out loud. I was like, the FBI wants a report on your on your divorce. <laughs> and then like a character essentially said that two seconds later. Yeah, like she up. was like, by the way, we need a check-in. <laughs> like she was like the FBI check. It was just. She's like, yeah, I need to report my best by tomorrow. Oh my and God. she's like, about what? It's like your divorce. Just rough, man. Yeah. Um, it's very, it's very like main character syndrome of some of these early movies. Where, like, the world's revolving around the character. You know what I mean? Like, the world's just moving and reacting. Like, if something right. happens in a diner in these, like, early 2000 movies, the, uh, the whole crowd goes, huh? He's eating like that? Yeah, you yeah. Know? You know? You know what else is insane is that there's the, the recently escaped serial killer um, has a grudge against Demi Moore's, like, detective. And they mm-hmm. have a shootout that, like, lasts for, like minutes like where they're just like firing like an unreasonable amount of bullets at each other and it feels so discharging to everything else in this movie <laughs> yeah just like it, it's sequence. like the only action sequence in the film yeah um For, which is i don't think even anyone gets shot during that sequence either they yeah. just they just blast bullets at each other yeah. for a while yeah and then yeah dane, the other the other big thing i guess would be dane dane cook's uh Eventual death scene. So essentially, right. Mr. Brooks sets up this idea that like he so so he he tells Dane Cook's character the guy you were gonna kill is me, and he's like we're gonna go to this graveyard, uh, and and you'll bury my body, and then you'll bury my body. I own this graveyard, and then they will build they'll, they'll bury another body on top of me. So so That's no one right. will know, from my family will know that I'm dead. I'll just disappear so no one will ever find out I'm a serial killer, right? Um, and they get to the, the graveyard. Dane Cook pulls out the gun um, and, and is, is going to fire it at him. And then click, click, it's not working. Mr. Brooks is like, well, actually, I bent the clip of your firing, <laughs> like the, fly, the firing clip on your gun. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to take yeah. any uh, <laughs> options here. I did have a backup gun in case they decide to go through with the killing. But um, And then he, like, turns around with, like, he, he grabs a shovel. He's like, you know, I used to kill people in a lot of different ways. And then he, like, just slices <laughs> his throat with the oh, shovel. Yeah. And then he, <laughs> yeah. and then Dinko just falls into the grave. Like, it's just so, you're like, man, that was the climactic scene in this movie, huh? <laughs> uh, all right. And Marshall made, like, a nice one-liner, of course. Yeah. You know, as it, as it, after it happened. It's uh, it's just you're. It, it's more so that they committed to this, and that they they also didn't go hard enough to to make it work in the first film. You know, like this is like, this is exactly the type of film that, you know, failed because it was thinking about setting up a sequel too much instead of being a thing on its own. Yeah, and even sequels like need to be their own movies. You know, right. um, so I, I, yeah, it's but it is a fascinating object to look mm-hmm. at. I, I think. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> and, you know, there was some loose plot points that were, like you're saying, branching off into sequels. Right. But well, like, yeah, the- I mean, they show, like, Jane, who's his daughter, like, slicing his throat with uh, scissors at the end, and it's like a nightmare sequence. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have hints of, like, oh, what's going to happen? But that's, yeah, but that's what you're saying. But their main plot that they were doing <clears throat> got, got to a decent close, I guess. You know, enough for a movie to be made. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know? But, dude, the score in this film, I liked. I liked the score. I think, like, the music was pretty good and everything. And, you know, the attention to um, to detail with, like, him being a serial killer was pretty well yeah, thought I, out. I like, think there there's a lot care. of good production design in this yeah. film. And, and, that, and, like, you know, again, his serial killer base looks really good. Um, but there's just stuff like, yeah, what he, he locks into the, he, he breaks into the police mainframe. Right. And like Marshall's like, oh, yeah. people only knew how easy this was. Like the whole, <laughs> oh, yeah. the whole movie is just a hand wave for Mr. Brooks to be the coolest guy around. And it's just, it's just so dumb, man. Like so you're, you're just like, I, I don't, I, I don't get why like someone thought this was going to be compelling. Sure. You know, but it didn't take a lot back then, you know, I guess, <laughs> I guess, man, it's Yeah. Just kind of the definition of a, a film that kind of just goes through the, a lot of the beats, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't say it was bad, but there are moments where it was bad, you know? Right. But there were, were also moments where it was funny bad, which I can mostly appreciate. You know, that, that that's like kind of my thing is seeing if a, if a movie's going to be ridiculous, might as well like double down on the ridiculousness. Well, you know? right. And that's the thing. I don't think it was having enough like genre fun. Like... It, it, it took itself so seriously by being like, you know, by, by it's the whole Kevin Costner is a perfect killer thing. They're like, yeah. they, they want you to take it seriously that he thought about every detail about how the killing went down. Cause they, they even go f- so far to be like, he vacuumed the house. Oh yeah. You know, like after the killing, like he leaves no trace behind. And, and so like, if they want you to treat the world with that level of detail, like they, they have to treat the world with that level of detail too. For sure. The, the plotting just kind of feels so thrown together. It's just like, I want Demi Moore to actually like do some good detective work to un- uncover, you know, what's going on and not yeah. just have a magical hunch because right. he is a perfect killer. He left no trace. They set that up. Like you wrote yourself into that corner. Oh, you sure. have to write yourself out of that corner. Right. And, and that's the fun thing about stories is like putting yourself into an impossible situation and then actually being like, all right, let's use ingenuity. Let's, let's be creative. Like yeah. that, that's where fun movies come out of like ocean, the oceans films, oceans, I think 13 is 2007, which we will get to. Nice. But, like, that's a great, like, high structure where they, you know, they set up, like, this is the objective, this is what we're going to do. Right. The plan goes wrong, they have to improvise around it, but it's satisfying because you know what they're working towards, and they it, they either fail or succeed in, in getting it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, like they bring you along with the ride. You yeah, know? And, and, like, that's what I wanted more of was, like, like, like really, uh, Mr. Smith, which was Dane Cook's character, should have been so reckless that it made Mr. Brooks's killings reckless. Oh, like right. the two of them should have been killing together the whole film. Yeah. And, and, and like Marshall should have been taking over more yeah. th- than Mr. Brooks. And like, you know, like yeah. almost like, like I think if Mr. Brooks killing uh, Mr. Smith meant that he was like putting Marshall to rest for the film, that there would have been a really good like character struggle going on there with another external character. You yeah. Know? Like he's like, I'm literally killing someone physically, but I'm metaphorically putting you to rest too. Right. You know, like for, for today at yeah. least for, for movie one, like they, I just think they kind of hype this up. I think so too. I, I think you're right. They definitely couldn't expand it on their, on their bare bones. Cause their, their foundation wasn't terrible. You yeah. Know? 
I mean, and, but the Dane Cook being a serious actor thing <laughs> is actually hilarious and yeah. definitely worth like seeing a scene or two of this film for. Yeah, I, I would say it, it's like it was. It's not. I I don't really. There's not too many movies I love to laugh at for being so bad or anything like that. But the, it, this just has so many unexpected choices in it. Right, a lot of charm. that it is constantly surprising you in in just funny ways. Um, that I, it it is actually, it, I I would say worth watching if you are interested by that description because it is it is as baffling as it sounds yeah i would i would i would uh, recommend to watch it as well as a funny watch it's not a long watch either two hours so it doesn't really drag on too much you know but yeah yeah probably a background movie too if you wanted yep for sure yeah for sure or a couple clips right but definitely a movie that i'll probably wouldn't have watched unless I was looking strictly into the year of 2007. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I will rewatch it. Um, I, I, I discovered Tom Sharpling did a audio commentary of the entire film where he plays every character. Oh, right, right. Um, and so I, and I found a copy of it. So I was, I think, <laughs> I think I might play that one day. I think that might be pretty funny. That's awesome. Um, but that's, uh, that, that's probably where the bow is going to end on Mr. Brooks unless people keep bugging it about it. <laughs> decades yeah. after this Come podcast on, remember the brooks episode yeah i mean it i i really enjoyed that movie i was my biggest surprise was it not being so linear because i feel like murder movies can kind of be like you know there's a killer i didn't know if if, if kevin costner was the killer in this movie when i'm like completely blind right I didn't know if it was going to be like a detective trying to unravel a mystery. Right. But it it was interesting to see that point of view of like the internal struggles to a serial killer and seeing like the world around him kind of get intermeshed for a decent amount. You know, it was, it was, it was decent. It was a good watch. I feel you. I agree. Well, I think that that's all my thoughts on uh, Mr. Brooks. Um, There, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll take a short break and be right back for Believers. Yep, Unrated. Good. Unrated. Twisted, smart, and seriously scary. It says twisted on the front. Twisted, smart, <laughs> and seriously scary. Andrew Cash from the dreadcentral.com, of course. I mean, That's someone go to dreadcentral.com and uh, leave a comment somewhere over there if it's still up. For those who know, I'm just going to drop a twisted... <laughs> Smart. <laughs> and we are back, everybody. All uh, right. We've got Believers Unrated, uh, directed by Daniel Myrick. Myrick? Yeah, Myrick. Myrick? Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. So this guy was one of the co-directors of the Blair Witch Project. Right. Uh, he had another movie come out, uh, actually, in 2007 called Solstice. Um, but, yeah, this is the one that we are covering, Believers. Yep. The Blair Witch Project is actually used as advertising at the top. That's oh, yeah. how you know it's good. Well, and, and that was a, a huge part of this, right? Like, For it was sure. a parlay of, like... From the producers of The Lord of the Rings comes The Chronicles of Narnia. Yep, exactly. And you're like, yeah, Peter Jackson is not involved in this in any capacity. Like, this is not going to be the same right. thing, right? Or, but, they have know. a writer. But it, it's marketing, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. and Tim Burton's whole career, or like, you know, Spielberg, like, there's all these guys who, like, become brands upon themselves. You 100%, know? yeah. Actually, speaking of this film and guys who make a brand upon themselves, M. Night Shyamalan. Um, 
he had a, a movie come out this year called Knock at the Cabin Door. And I think there's th- that would be the movie that I think is is actually somehow pretty similar to this. Really? It's, yeah, man. Because <laughs> uh, it's a, it's about like a, a cult uh, yeah. kind of predicting the end of the world. And they're kind of trying to convince two other people um, to believe in, in, in it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's essentially the plot of this film is that. Um, this cult kind of like it, it kidnaps uh, these two firefighters um, and they, they they're basically like the world's going to end in like a couple of weeks, you know, but we've used science to figure out that we can ascend through the multiverse and time and space <laughs> to go yeah. back to the beginning of earth. They were saying some pretty base things for 07, you know, <laughs> yeah. and definitely like the beginning of this film, we decided to watch a lot of the previews. But like there were always like I mean on the previews they were really boxed in. Well, the the first the first yeah the I am Legend one was like messed up because it was like it was letterboxed on the top and then also on the right and left. So like we were watching like a screen within a screen. Like and, and at first I was just fucking worried that like we got a full screen DVD yeah. of this film and that like the whole thing was going to be boxed. Yep. Uh, and then in, it, 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 the next trailer went to like full widescreen resolution. So we were fine. And it was a trailer that was like their movie. So it, it, they were using someone else's like trailer. So it was probably, I don't know, some weird wacky stuff. Well, yeah, all the trailers were for like bad direct-to-DVD horror movies. Yeah, by this company called Raw Feed. If, you, yeah, if we, anyone wants to dive deep into some weird, wacky, bad horror, just Well, just here's, here's the other 2007 ones they, they had on there. Uh, we had uh, Flight... Flight of the Living Dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had Return to House on Haunted Hill. Right. Which amazingly was promoting a DVD choose your own adventure style narrative on it. With over 96 endings and choices. I think it, we got to cover it. <laughs> I'm actually like fascinated by that. Like I need to see what that is. Because that's like that's like the Netflix thing. They did yeah. that too, right? Yeah. The, um, um, the, the Black Mirror thing. Yeah. yeah the Black Mirror. Or Jabba, like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there's another movie called Sublime that was in there. Uh, you know, but, but anyways, it was it, a, lot, a lot of goofy what, films. What a collection is, is all I have to say. About what that. I also saw when we were watching these trailers, especially the I am legend one is like, these are like real trailers. These are not like your Netflix style trailers where right. they're going to tell you the entire movie. Oh my God. And Wait, you to, you're so right. You yeah. have, you have yeah. to, you have to step away. Cause you're like, okay, now I want to watch it. You know, they, these they trailers were, like yeah. leave mystery and intrigue. They're atmospheric. Yeah. And they would, they would bring a theme and they would leave up to interpret- interpretation. Like, I don't know what this movie's about A yet. couple of these were really bad, though, too. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> these are not good trailers. For sure. But the I Am Legend one. Yeah, the I Am Legend was, one was great. Was great because I know what that movie's great. about. Yeah. But they didn't show, they like, show the, the aliens zombies. at all. Yeah. yeah. The aliens. <laughs> or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie was crazy, though, because we hit play on the DVD screen, and there were no production cards. Like there, there, like there was no studio uh, intro, like anything. It just started straight to with a TV interview. Uh, with, with he's basically like the figurehead of the group. He, right. He's not there. There's a there's a man behind the chair right. who never comes out, who's actually in charge of this group. But then there's this guy who's the face of the cult, and his name's Io, um, and he's giving a TV interview on this show called Community at Large, uh, and he's referencing his cult called the Quanta Group, and right. talking about how time is nonlinear and how they understand the multiverse kind of the stuff we were explaining earlier, but just a little, just, just introducing the audience to the idea. And and the girl's like, 
basically in Layton terms going, I have no idea what you are saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's it's like, and che- next. It's a cheeky interview. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But it's interesting because he says this like dead face and then he kind of just sits there for the rest of the interview like this. <laughs> yeah. And just then staring. We, and then we cut to like our protagonist like hanging out in his bed and his wife's waking him up and. And, and, and like, she's talking about like, uh, him going in for, for the day and like, however she phrased it, Avrik and I, Avrik asked me, is he a fire firefighter or a cop? And oh, he's like, you go into the station today. The station. Yes. Yeah. And, and I put down, I, I said cop. Like, um, of course. He's like probably detective. Well, you, know? you know, thinking about and like, I was like, yeah, yeah you're right. Probably. And then, uh, no, I think you, I think you would pick firefighter. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And then, and then like we then smash cut. To him at the fire station. <laughs> I was just, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. But then quickly we get uh, his, like, basically his his version of a partner here, Vic, who's right. just, like, the guy who's going to come along for him, get uh, on the ride, get kidnapped. Um, Vic and, and, and Dave are eating lunch together. They're talking about the meals that their wives cooked for that. Or not the, no, no, Vic's not married. Yeah, Vic is just talking about yeah. his wife. He's and just, going, like, what is no. that? Vic's just like, I wish I had a wife to cook me food. Yeah, I want, that, I want your lasagna? food. That's lasagna? Yeah. Lasagna? He's yeah. like, you got Caesar salad? I don't, I don't like my lasagna. And basically, he's talking about the food. He's trying to pick at it. Dave's like, you always do this. Fuck you. And then Dave leads. You know, Dave, Dave's wife is out front. Yep. And, and Vic is, is, you know, he's got a couple options in front of him. And Averick says, do you think he's going for the, <laughs> do you think he's going for the cookie? Or the lasagna. Or the, lasagna. <laughs> or, the, or the, or the, yeah, the lasagna. And he went for the cookie. He did. Uh, I called that one. I, I, he got one. I got one. Same, man. I, you know, who doesn't want to buy of the homemade lasagna? I mean, these are, I would steal these were important though. choices in this film. Yeah, you know? it's true. I just have to set the record straight. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then our main character finds out he's a dad. Yeah, he you finds know, out a he's boy. a dad, and then immediately the fire alarm goes on, and they have to go to respond Whoa. to the call. They they find like a woman who's passed out in the middle of a gas station that's also in the middle of nowhere. We assume they're in Northern California, based on it looks like guess. that. Yeah, just like rolling hills, dry. Yeah. I, I I feel it. Um, no fucking nowhere. Lot, lots of empty space too. Right. So like it it would make sense. It's up there. The lady's passed out. She's passed out. There's, there's her the, daughter is like basically flagging down help and trying to do whatever. And the, there's like a weird mechanic that works at the gas station just watching. <laughs> uh, and the paramedics like try to save her. And then the girl's like, they're coming. They're coming. Hurry. And then like some guys pull up in a truck in all white outfits with guns. And they're like, they, they basically, they, they kidnap them all. Yeah. They're like, step off, get the fuck yeah. out of here. And they're like, no man, we're paramedics. We're trying to save her. But then, you know, further kind of, um, Convincing with the guns because like, well, fuck this man. I'm just gonna call this in, the the partner, and he just gets shot right in the arm. Oh, immediately. that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, they don't let him patch it up. Like you can nope. tell, you're like, okay, he's gonna be bleeding out. I'm like like the there's whole film. there's an ambulance right there. Right. Like, are they gonna patch it? Up? Nope. They just get in the back of the truck. The girl that they're trying to save is basically dead. She yeah, she is dead. She's dead. She's flatlined. You know. It's so great though because they they take him back to the compound and like. And then there's a sign that's like, you are being observed. <laughs> yeah, like crosshairs like, like on you. Like, it was what? already a bad situation, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm being kidnapped. Like yeah. I assume they're watching me. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they put them in like these prison rooms, which are just bathroom stalls. No, they're called the reflection room. The reflection room, yeah. <laughs> and you get to reflect, but you just stay in like a... Fucking, in, 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 a in the <laughs> like smallest a, stall you've ever seen. Like three by six yeah. fucking stall. And um, they, they sit there. 
and they play like backwards voices voiceovers at them like mm-hmm. just subliminal messages um tenant style though is what we were observing i feel i think there's a con- continuum <laughs> to tenant in this film m night Shyamalan wait m night Shyamalan did tenant that's christopher nolan i wish m night Shyamalan did tenant like and then the the twist at the end was like I don't know. This guy went back in time and then like created all the M Night movies or something. <laughs> something, fucking, something stupid. fucking fucked up. Like yeah, yeah. Christopher Nolan had big inspiration from Believers. That's what I'm thinking. Well, <laughs> it's, I think it was half Believers and half Primer. You know, Primer. Pri- Pri- yeah, that's where you got the actual time travel stuff from. Oh. Um, oh. I, I'm just I'm being a, a cheeky guy. Dude, no one knows Primer. Uh, Everyone knows Believers. Primer's really good. I, I think I think people know Primer. So, yeah, they do, like, the typical, like, groveling, like, um, what are you guys doing here? What yep. do you guys want with this? Just let us the fuck yeah, out really nothing happens. Well, it's a, tough it's, guy it's stuff. a very slow drip of information of, yep. like, what the cult is actually doing. And, like, honestly, it's all so bullshitty that, like, right. you know you're not going to get an answer on, on this until the end. Like, whether they're telling the truth or whether it's kind of vague. They're, you know, they're hinting towards like internal life and they're referencing yeah. like this, like the formula, just like weird things. You're just like, doesn't make any sense they, to you as a they, viewer. They bring back the girl, the girl who died, you know, like at the gas station. Um, they, they like bring her back to life and then she's like brainwashed. And so, and, and her daughter's even like, what happened to you? So it's like, yeah, you're, you're really not, I mean, they're trying to make you deny kind of like that. These guys, yeah, right? They want you to think these guys are full of shit, and they um, spend a lot of time in the reflection room, kind of talking back and forth, and like their dialogue is okay, you know? Yeah, but they like they he there's a vent, and like you know, Dave crawls up it, and he sees like a classroom where the kids are like being indoctrinated, and you're just kind of like, yeah, this is a cult, like they 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 you know, um, they they want you to to not buy into the the, the yeah the fiction of this. Um, because like, yeah, even Dave gets like captured and they like, they, they just like shock him with electrotherapy and they're like, yeah, this is just what we do to people. And so you're like, okay, so everyone here is just fucking batshit, right? (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's fucked. But they're also like referencing people that are like doctors and decorated people that like, so when they're like, everyone chose to be here. Right. And they, with the little drips of information that come out, you come to terms that the cult um, understands that they want to start a new world because this world is going to end. Yeah, they so use the formula, as they call it, to right. like figure that out, which just like, you know, they, they, they believe that like the gods are speaking to them through math. Um, right. it, it's it's all interesting stuff on paper. Yeah. And, and like, it, I just think like it doesn't really culminate into like an interesting film because like the right. plot itself is a lot of, Okay, go sit in the prison. Okay, come out. We'll talk to you for a little bit. Okay, go back to the prison. Okay, yeah. come out. And it's just like not a lot of choices are made. You know, where you're just right. kind of sitting and watching as they reveal and tell things to you. Yeah, almost begging you know? for information. You're like, right. what is happening? And you just you, you, know? you need a little more show, a little less tell. And you want to so. feel bad for the characters, but you kind of just got they're to know. They're so them. generic. Yeah, you it's just, just got you're like, just oh, like, dude, dad, like you yeah, know? you're like one of these guys is gonna die, right? Like Shirley, and and the other one's gonna make it out. Yeah, I wonder like, which you're pretty one's pretty <laughs> sure the one who's got a kid is gonna be the one who who survives. No, it's the guy with the bullet hole that's bleeding a whole really? lot. Yeah. Where he goes, man, I remember I was super sick and I felt like dying. Right. And he prayed over me, man. I was alive. Yeah, the guy who, like, seems to be giving in to the the cult's, like, messaging. Like, surely this guy's going to make it out. Yeah. There's a chance. But me and him were both betting, like, oh, dude, is this going to come to a close? Are they going to leave this open? Because it felt like a movie. 
that had a lot going for it, but it was just going to lead you astray and not answer any questions, yeah. not close anything down. You know, the guy's just going to get out and get away or like do something badass. But we're kind of curious. And as the story progresses, you get to see that, um, the like how we're saying the sidekick is kind of giving into this message a little bit. And eventually he like starts to believe in the message and starts to become a believer himself. A believer. No. They even reference him as a believer. And then the girl turns to the camera and winks at you. Doing. I said the title of the film. I said you're a believer. You are a believer. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. This cult is not even like a bad cult, you know? Like, they're not doing anything, like, fucked up. They're just kind of weird, you know? Everyone's just like... But, like, if you think about the whole entire concept of time, and we could just be happy forever and live in this world. And it's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? It's it's not like that interesting. Everyone's just like weird to be weird, you know, or just like, or just boring. Like, like there's not really that many characters within the cult that, you know, like have distinct personalities, which is probably the point that they're all brainwashed and acting as one. But, but then they, because it caused some discourse between me and Lewis here. We're like, okay, so is that are they brainwashed? Because there was a moment where the leader, his name is the teacher, was speaking through the mom that died. Right. Well, it sounded like an earpiece thing, but then, like, I didn't see an earpiece, no. and he wasn't talking into a mic. And then he just stopped and, and talking then, completely. Then, right. And then it almost seemed like he was doing it with his mind. And I, and I actually, like, fucked up that. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe this dude's, like, a psychic freak, like, expanding his power by, right. like, Making like other beings in. come into him, like like the brain. That's a, a that's a throwback. Uh, but uh, <laughs> like it was nothing like that. I was just like it. it, it this. I mean, the ending's interesting here because, like, basically, Dave tries to escape twice. The first time it fails. The second time he gets out. Right. Um. With the girl. Um. But basically, he gets out because everyone in the suicide cult is like starting to kill themselves. You know, they they get into one big chamber. Yep. And they turn on the gas. Yep. It's the big moment. You know. Yeah. We're, we're thinking like, what the fuck's gonna happen? Where you're thinking Jonestown, right? Like they're giving the vibes of that, where it's a, uh, I mean, yeah, that's a classic uh, example of a cult where the leader told everyone you know, that they were going to ascend to heaven and they right. all just killed themselves with like cyanide or whatever uh, poison he put in, in the, in the Kool-Aid they all drink. So, right. that, you know, that's just uh, it, it, your, your brain is certainly going there for the whole film. Like they, right. they and, and I, I do kind of like that they're towing that edge, mm-hmm. but, um, but you're also like rooting like, dude, all right, this is all these people are fucking crazy. We want this guy to like get out and like, just go home to his family yeah. and it's going to close. Like that's yeah. going to be a happy ending movie. Right. When she gets home, he does have the happy ending for a moment. And then the newscast comes <laughs> and it's like, Oh, the world's ending. <laughs> and he walks outside and he sees missiles raining down on earth. Like it's the fucking end of Oppenheimer or some yeah, shit. She, she, she goes, honey, it's fire. It looks like fire. It's like, yeah, no shit. It's right. Like, Wow, look at it. It's like, no, no, not look at it. And then she like almost asks him for help. She's like, babe, it's like, what do you want him to do? Right. <laughs> but like, okay, so this, the reason why I bring up Knock at the Cabin Door, which I'll, I'll do brief spoilers for if anyone hasn't seen that film, but um, it's, it's the same formula, but it's so much better. Mm. It's, it's four people ha- all have the same vision of the world ending and they find each other. They've never met each other. And they're like, okay, we have to like, like we have to go to this place, and we have to convince these three people that the world is going to end, and unless one of them kills another one of them, so it's a it's a family unit of three, and they're like, one of you has to die, and 
if you don't believe us, one by one, we will kill ourselves oh, to shit. prove to you how much this means to us. Oh, and shit. so every character gets like a, a moment where they are like, no, like my whole life is on the line for this thing. You do not understand. I wow. need you to believe this, you know? And, and like that puts an enormous amount of stakes on, on like, you know, the non-believers versus the believers. Right. Yeah. Whereas, like, this is just a movie about, like, some guys sitting in a bathroom stall, <laughs> miserable as hell, just being like, when can I get the fuck out of here? And it's Please. not that scary or thrilling. No. Um, there and, was no and, gore, really. Right, and, and I liked the ending. I liked that, like, it, they went with the sour ending with that twist, but, like, right. it... it the there was not enough right. the cult stuff was right. to happen along yeah. the way to make it interesting, to really make me question right. whether this was happening or not. And a thing that in, in Knock at the Cabin Door that happens is like after every, they're, they're only they're at an isolated cabin. So they're away from the rest of the world. Right. And in between every killing, a new plague is dropped on humanity. So, so like each uh, each time they don't do something, the world's getting worse. Right. Uh, and they turn on the news and they see like, OK, this first thing happened. You know, like a bunch of, of, of planes went down and crashed. And, you know, and, and at first you're like, is that just a coincidence or did they fake this news footage? But then like with each killing, shit gets worse and they're like, oh, fuck, you know, and, until the very end when, yeah, it's it's actually basically the same ending as this film where they were right. Um, and but like, you know, the family didn't do a killing and it they, sounds and they like, doomed humanity. It sounds like it's, it's, it's knocking the great. cabin door. Is this film? <laughs> it's it's the better version of this film. But it built it in the way of like suspense right. and drama right. and intrigue. This one it leaned heavily on the mystery and like But the mystery they didn't expand on enough, no, right? Like exactly. that, and that that's what I'm getting that's at. That's what it's felt, just like fell flat. They set up the initial mystery and you're like, that sounds cool, and then you just wait till the end to get the answer. Right. You know? And I'm like, oh yeah, they're all just gassing themselves. That's how you guys are ascending. Which they're not wrong, like, yeah, this is your Resurrection, your internal afterlife, you know? They're yeah. just talking about death, really. You right. know, there's like, oh, yeah, we're just going to die in our controlled way, I guess. It's very interesting because, like, it could have explained because it kind of was insinuating that they're going to take their consciousness and put it elsewhere and, like, build a community and, like, have, like, these seeds of a foundation yes. of a new planet. It sounded like exactly they were shifting their bodies, not even their bodies, their spirits through the universe. Right. Uh, and going to the other side of the universe or another multiverse. And, and honestly, it's so far-fetched. I love that they don't actually show you what happened. <laughs> yeah. you, you could believe there's a version of this film where those guys were right about the world ending, but they killed themselves in that bunker for no reason, and then mankind ended two weeks later, and that was it. Yep. You know, if you want to take the ultimate nihilist take, which, which is kind of cool. I, I like that they don't confirm whether this happened or not, you know? And that was my biggest surprise with this movie. And, like, I, I had you answer yours from Mr. Brooks. My biggest surprise for this one is it not being really, like, a The Hills Have Eyes-esque vibe. You know, like, gory right. and fucked up, and there's torture. It's yeah. all just, like, yeah. like kind just of mumbo-jumbo, and then, like, mystery. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like fucked up when I saw the unrated believers. Blue exactly. Witch Project. Oh, <laughs> it's a God. Movie. No. No, and that's that's exactly why I wish there was more of the scientists coming forward and being like, "Hey, this is why I changed my whole belief system, you know? Like mm -hmm. I was this guy and like now I'm this." Like cuz they hinted at interesting things, but then you never see the community. Right. And uh, you know, they because they want you to buy into the the fact that it's fake more than it's real. 
you know, they want yeah. they want to hit you with the twist that it's real at the end. But they don't, I just don't think they build up enough of it. Yeah, I agree. Because you're living vicariously through the main character and his intrigue. And his intrigue is zero. Like, I, this, the main character is, all you need to know about him is, fuck you guys, I want out. Fuck you. Yeah. Vic, where's Vic? <laughs> where's Vic? Where is she? Dude, dude, there was there was like a where is he yell wasn't dude, there? Yeah, there was at the like there near the end. There's a very Batman esque um, <laughs> vibe, yeah. and you won't recognize anyone in this movie. I if you do, no. it's gonna be I recognize one guy, but Louis like yeah, he's probably not even in the cast because of how no, I was little just, information. I was, well, I was on is. Letterboxd, and there was like there wasn't even a full cast on there. There's, there's <laughs> a full cast good. on IMDb. What? If you want to scroll through, you could look for his photo. But I'll I'll land the ship here for us. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's a one like more weird part where like the teacher who's like the, the guy in charge of everything is maybe, um, the dad of the, the little girl who we it's, saw at the it's, beginning. It's, it's Chris Farley's brother, John Farley. John Farley. Holy shit. I knew I recognized him. Oh, fuck. Wait, you're right, bro. He's in this for such a small amount of time too. He, he's the guy that keeps showing no talking. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. I knew I recognized Weird film, him. man. Weird, Weird film. film. Yeah. I, but yeah, the world ends. It's pretty... They at least stuck the ending. I, and uh, An ending can be a tough thing to, to hit, but yeah. Yeah. Again, the plotting didn't work for this film as well either. It's just it's just a lot of hanging it's out. a lot of emptiness. And I really... Yeah. I'm really glad it came together at the end. I feel like that's really important for movies is to... Even though if you have like a misguided plot. And this is, you know, a message to anyone writing a, a story... Or anything, you know, make sure that you come to a good close. <laughs> or else we're going to roast you. No, it's about the journey, too, man. Yeah, it's true. The journey. That's true. Well, Avrik, thanks so much for coming on. Was, um, it was a very fun episode. Yeah, it was a great one. I, this is our third time together. You know? Dude, hell yeah. Thanks thanks for bringing the, the movie because uh, I was so glad we got to see Mr. Brooks. And, I mean, Believers was a lot of fun, too. It was. So it's a great double and, uh, yeah, nice unconventional episode. I think I had a really great time as well. You know, out of out of these three episodes, tell us what's your favorite movies and our takes on them. You know, yeah. something you disagreed on, something you agreed on. I'm curious, you know, because I, I want to watch back and see if I really feel the same way. And building these movies is kind of like building weird film knowledge and better opinions. You know? I, I think bad, quote unquote, bad movies are just so much more informative than, than good movies. Right. Like right. you see all the pieces here. You're like, oh, they had interesting ideas. But, yeah, they didn't make it click. And it. It's the type of thing that should make you push for, you know, more excellence in your own work, right? Like, right. To, to realize, like, yeah, you, you can have 80% of it there, but, like, you know, it, it does need the extra polish or, or something else, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah, I don't know if it, what studio greenlit these films. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I wonder which one, you know, they probably did okay. I mean, this was the DVD era, so I feel like, right. you know, Sold they, they made their money back on DVDs at least, but... Yep. Obviously, Mr. Brooks didn't get a, a Mr. Brooks 2. What, what would the sequel be? Mr. Brooks and Daughter? Mrs. Brooks. Mrs. Brooks. <laughs> well, thank you, Louis, for she having me. She did nothing the whole film, but this, this is, time she's doing it all. She is doing her dad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's the end. That's the end. <laughs> <laughs>